Bill finally gave the Ringers Philly Crew a podcast. I'm Ben Solak. And I'm Shield Kapadia. That's right. Just a couple of Philly guys with a new space to fire off some Eagles takes, get caught up in the Sixers chaos and more. We'll be coming to you twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, plus bonus episodes whenever we get breaking news or Philly drama. Join the fun and follow the Ringers Philly special now on Spotify. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly, Craig Korobek. Happy New Year. I hope Larry David doesn't yell at me for saying that already, but we're doing our Sunday recap show on Monday. It is what it is. We're going to go through all our awards. Championship week. Oh, what a week it was. Yeah. <laughs> Up is down, left is right. Craig, how are you feeling? I don't think I've seen a, a championship week with lower scores across the board than this week in fantasy football. Like every every friends league I see online, every league I'm in, like the championship is like 80 to 90. Like it's everything so is just wonky this week. But I <laughs> wanted to point out, I wanted to start today on a negative note. I feel like we've done that for the past three weeks and I wanted to continue that tradition. Hmm. We've been doing the, the fantasy murderers um, and, you know, to round out the season, I wanted to do the, the championship serial killer starting lineup. I wanted to go through <laughs> the lineup you could have had this week filled with stars that absolutely ripped the rug out from under you. So I, I wanted to talk about a, a particular lineup here. I'm, I'm going to read it. This is a super flex lineup that is a super reasonable real lineup of, of starters who have been good for you all season. This, this could be lineup. a championship roster. Yeah. Yes, very likely could be a championship roster. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, and Christian Kirk are your receivers. Your running backs, Saquon and Dalvin Cook. Your tight end is Evan Ingram. Your flex, your super flex, Trevor Lawrence. The last three weeks, weeks 14, 15, and 16, that lineup averaged 150 points mm. per week. This week, championship <laughs> week, that lineup, so again, last three weeks combined, on average, 150 points. This week, that exact lineup, 37 total points. <laughs> <laughs> someone got a, someone email us if you, got, if you had this exact lineup, because this is an all-timer. I mean, this is a lineup with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, who have been the number one wide receiver and the number one quarterback in fantasy the last three weeks. Saquon Barkley, who's been putting up 20 points a game for the top last five three running weeks. back. Evan Ingram, who's been a top three tight end over the last month. Trevor Lawrence, who has turned into a fantasy superstar over the last month. All of them completely shit the bed. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I was complaining. I was complaining to Heifetz yesterday about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and. At one point in the game, uh, the running back was hurt. Uh, 
Kenny Walker and and Heifetz is like, your team's winning. And I'm like, well, <laughs> my fantasy team sure shit ain't right now. It's it's freaking depressing. There's two games that really stood out, I feel like. It's the Vikings-Packers game and then the, and the Jags-Texans. I actually yeah. don't know I which one's more d- demoralizing. It actually might be the Jags game because they were playing the Texans. They're like 28 they- to nothing when when Lawrence went out. Right. Like if you, if you logged on to like ESPN app, you know, at halftime and you're like, you have Trevor Lawrence and Christian Kirk, Revan Ingram, you're like, oh, great. Like the Jags are up 21 0 and you check and Trevor Lawrence has 40 yards passing, no touchdowns. (laughs) The only person on the team doing anything is Travis uh, Etienne. I would like to point out that Trevor Lawrence was outscored by like three backup quarterbacks who entered in the middle of their games. Like Sam Ellinger had more points than Trevor Lawrence. He entered at like halftime. Uh, Freaking Nick Mullins. Came in for like the final <laughs> five minutes of the game wow. when the Vikings were down 40 points and he had more points in those five minutes than Trevor Lawrence did in the entire game. I couldn't have told you what team Nick Mullins was on before this week. But with all that though, I think Justin Jefferson and the Vikings were more disappointing because Justin Jefferson, they need, first of all, when the Vikings fall behind, like this, it's, it, this isn't random. This happened three weeks ago. I think Kirk Cousins had like negative points when they went down 33 to nothing against the Colts. Kirk Cousins had like negative points in the first half. He finished with like 30, like the second half. You're like, all right, Vikings are down. These are going to pass it done. That was the worst game of Justin Jefferson's career. Like fantasy, you probably took him in the first round. If you listen to us, you had him as the first wide receiver off the board. And he got you to your championship. He's literally the He's wide receiver. He's leading the NFL in yards. Yeah. He literally has, I looked, he has not had one catch in a game since 2018. One of his first games at LSU. That is the last <laughs> time he had one, one catch for 50 Brutal. yards. And then Craig almost understood. DK Metcalf had one catch for like three yards. It was his worst game of the season. There's, there was three guys on that lineup that I just listed that had their worst game of the entire year. DK Metcalf, Dalvin Cook, Trevor Lawrence had the worst games of their entire season. Saquon, second worst game of the season. Dalvin Cook, third worst game of the season. It was a, it was, it was a disaster. It was a disaster. And you know what? Having Kirk Cousins on a fantasy team, which I did, you know, I, have, I was in three leagues this year. The one I probably paid attention to the least was the one I ended up in the championship in, which is hilarious. Of course. But Kirk Cousins was my quarterback in that league. And luckily throughout the year, because of my other leagues, I didn't really have to ever focus on Kirk Cousins. I could always watch my other quarterbacks. I could watch Joe Burrow or whoever. Having only Kirk Cousins this week, you realize what you really feel about a quarterback when you have to watch him and root for them. Do you hate him? Kirk putting up 25 a game the last three weeks meant nothing to me. The second this game began, I was like, man, I'm so screwed. Kirk's terrible. <laughs> I, well, you know why? This was basically a national game. Because, you know, you ever seen those maps of like where local television, which markets have the games? I've never seen this before. The, there's like 100 markets that they divide the NFL into. 98 out of 100 markets carried Vikings Packers at 4 o'clock Eastern over Rams Chargers. Literally, LA and San, and San Diego had the Chargers and the Rams. The other 98, had Vikings backers. So it was, in fact, primetime for Kirk Cousins. (laughs) So, but here's the thing. I I would like to actually give the Vikings the George Santos Award, which is a new award we're doing here, the George Santos Award for um, serial lying Mm. on their resume. Because the Vikings are, I mean, they lost this game 41 to 17. It was 41 to three with like nine minutes left. They were uncompetitive, if you will, Heifetz. Yeah. The Vikings are now 12 and 4 with a point differential of negative 19. They have been <laughs> outscored by 19 points. That's amazing. And they are 12 and 4. And so basically, by Pythagorean expectation, which is very fancy math that books use to like set win totals and actually tells you, the Vikings are literally the luckiest team of all time. Literally, number one <laughs> luckiest team in terms of like how they performed versus what their record is. And so I think they did not, gra- the Vikings did in fact not graduate from college. The Vikings never worked at Goldman Sachs. 
uh, the Vikings are now putting out statements clarifying that they meant they were Jewish. And so I just think that they were serial liars throughout the entire season. So George Santos award. All all four of their losses this year have been absolute just annihilation blowouts. <laughs> and then all their wins have been one score games. Yeah, I mean, it's looking like the Vikings could face the Giants week one of the playoffs, Ooh. which was we kind of always joked was like the fraud game. But the, the Giants are no longer frauds and the Vikings are even more frauds. So uh, <laughs> I've, I've been saying I can't wait to empty my bank account on whoever the Vikings play. And I wish it wasn't the Giants, but I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> I am through. All right. You know, what? if we can go out of order here for a moment, if you'll indulge me, the New York football Giants. Sure. One of the winners of the week. DK, it reminded me of how you took the Giants smacked the Colts. And it reminded me, DK, of what you talk about when you talk about watching that Broncos Seahawks Super Bowl where yeah. the first snap of the game goes over Manning's head, 41 to 8 or whatever. And it's like, there's something beautiful when your team p- plays a perfect, stress free football game. You can actually and they just start enjoy dominant it. throughout. Yeah, you're not sweating yes. every snap. The Giants beating Washington two weeks ago was their most important win in a very long time. This was the Giants' best win in years. It was incredible. They clinched the thing. And like, honestly, I'm, I feel really good about them playing the Vikings. I feel great about this. And the irony is that for weeks, Giants fans have been like, if the Eagles just clinch that number one seed in the last game of the season, then like they could bench their starters. Giants will be able to win. And that was the opposite. Giants are clinched. They could bench their starters. And the Eagles need to win the game. It's like, this is crazy. The Giants kind of gave themselves a bye week if they want one. It's crazy. I'm thrilled. You are, you're Ryan Cloud, you're like your Cloud, what's like Cloud 9? Is that it? You're on yeah. Cloud yeah. 9 right now. Let's zoom out a little bit. There was reports this week. Uh, and I forgive me, I don't remember who it came from, but that the Giants are going to look to re-sign Saquon and Daniel Jones this offseason. How does that make you feel in the afterglow of this game? I don't know what that means because honestly, sometimes <laughs> sure, it might front mean offices nothing. will leak that. Right. Yeah, well, sometimes front office leak that stuff so the player looks bad if they don't play ball, right. basically, you know what I mean? So I don't necessarily think that that means they, they'll sign back. However, dude, Daniel Jones got a standing ovation leaving this He game. looks really good. Like, I can't tell you. He looks really good. I... I I have not, I can't remember quite rooting for a, a player in any sport that took me on the journey that Daniel Jones has, but it is, it, I would say in just a couple months, it's gone from, I don't want to resign him to, I think they have to, to, I think they should, to now it's like, yeah, they obviously have to bring this guy back. He, for better or for worse, he's the heart and soul of the team. And I will say. <laughs> That's so weird to think about. The heart and he soul is. of the team, he's, the guy who shows zero emotion ever. Well, yeah, well, that's but he is though. It's you know the irony was the whole year. What did we say? Brian Dable will try to do with Daniel Jones what they did with Josh Allen, and right. the whole thing is well, he's not Josh Allen, but he has been in that. You know what? Everyone thought he sucks, and he's better than he thought. Dave, he's man, not Josh Dable Allen. He's just not like ever going to win MVP, worker, man. Yeah, he's just first. Of, also, Brian Dable, I got to send you guys this picture. I want the. Have you seen Brian Dable with this goatee? Is there ever <laughs> no. in NFL history oh, no. has there ever been a head coach? Who looked more like like a fan who just wandered in from the tailgate than Brian Dable <laughs> in your life? Have you seen him? Google Brian Dable with this goatee. He just looks like a Giants fan who is grilling sausages in the parking lot and somehow wandered onto the field. Just in a giant windbreaker, big ass beanie. It's ridiculous. <laughs> oh wow! But he's that, not getting yeah. rid of the goatee till they lose. His whole his whole head is just like extremely round. He's just his head's a circle. I can't believe the Giants are doing this with the receivers they have. I, I can't remember Seriously. a worse receiving core making the playoffs. Isaiah Hodgins might actually be good. It took me three months to figure out what the right metaphor is for this Giants team, but it's it's they're it's kind of like they have to make dinner every night. But like 
they don't actually have any ingredients. So it's like, okay, Trader Joe's frozen meal one day. And then it's like, okay, you know, I can just kind of, you know, maybe like the Whole Foods hot bar one day. And then like, oh, these microwavable. It's like Brian Dayball is on the show Chopped, but for football. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like, exactly. all right, you have to make the playoffs with Isaiah Hodgins, Daniel Jones, Richie James, and Daniel <laughs> Bellinger. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, she gave this Michelin star chef, but it's just like go to the frozen <laughs> at Trader Joe's. And really you're right. like, Jesus Christ, quail it? How am I going to do this? <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Put it in the air fryer. Uh, also, I, I will say, uh, the Kayvon Thibodeau Snow Angel by Nick Foles. Tough luck. Writhing body Tough was... Luck. Awful. I, I, believe, I believe that he doesn't. He didn't realize that. He didn't realize it. You yeah. can see, like his his vision never got his like perspective. Never saw Nick Foles. <laughs> Nick Foles is it was just writhing. I'm, I'm not not laughing about that, but just the optics of this were very tough. It was objectively funny <laughs> to see someone like convulsing next to a guy doing snow angels on the ground. I hope everyone's healthy. With that said, it was hilarious. <laughs> right. right, Giants are incredible. One random note about this, I saw this with the Giants making it. Now, the NFL has gone 33 straight seasons with four new teams making the playoffs every year. Love that parody. Wow. It's all made up. Points don't matter. And one of those teams that clinched, repeat, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And um, do you know how many people I, I were facing down the toilet bowl, maybe last place in their league, and Mike Evans was there to save them? Because I assume zero people won their Ugh. championship if you had Mike Evans got there. But in the end, he saved you with one of the best Week 17 performances from receiver. I was in a final this week. I have Mike Evans on my team. I benched him. And now I'm probably going to lose this <laughs> fucking finals because Mike Evans, <laughs> who didn't do anything for me on the way there, scored 48 points. Seeing 48 points on your bench, there's not much worse than that. And then obviously, of course, Tyler Lockett goes out there. That's more like than points. the team, Craig. 48 points is more than the team Craig outlined at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yes, which was practically my dynasty championship team. Oh, my God. So that's more than Kirk, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, Christian Kurtz, Saquon, Dalvin Cook, Evan Ingram combined. That's like 10 fewer points, actually, um, than just Mike Evans. So while if we're my on, rough while math... We're on the if my, wait, hold on. Right. If, my, if my rough math is correct, Mike Evans, 43 points on week 17, is more than he had in weeks 9 through 16 combined. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say this. This makes sense, though, because if, you, if you've been watching the Bucs, though, it's, there have been so many just shots from Brady 40 or 50 yards downfield that for whatever reason there was, he was like flagged for defensive pass interference and overthrown and they just all hit this week. Yeah. Regression slant, like freight trained right into us here. Um, so Mike Evans this year, weeks one through 16, three touchdowns. Week 17, three touchdowns. Mike Evans points per game in the fantasy play, so it was 14 through 16 in the fantasy playoffs, he was averaging 9.2 points per game before today, which was 46. He was the 46th receiver in points per game during the fantasy playoffs before today, or before Sunday. And then he scored 48 points. Uh, Tom Brady's longest touchdown pass all season was 31 yards before today. He had three <laughs> to Mike Evans today, 63 yards, 57 yards, and 30 yards. He had one touchdown pass of more than 20 plus yards all season <laughs> before Sunday. And then he had three to fucking Mike Evans in this game. Can we just talk about Tom Brady now? Let's talk about Tom Brady now. Tom Brady, what's this? What's the stepbrother's quote? Dad, I'm doing this because I love you. Fuck you. <laughs> Tom Brady waits until week 17, a time when no one who drafted him is still alive in right. fantasy. It was like in ninth place. <laughs> <laughs> to look like vintage Brady again. He had 400 yards, three touchdowns. He added a rushing touchdown just to 
fucking twist the knife. <laughs> quarterback won on the day. Oh, you know what's funny about that is the rushing touchdown. It was like a, originally a four net touchdown. Yeah, I know. And then they, they just it zoom into the 1,000th pixel and figure out that he actually wasn't in. And of course, Brady comes in, punches in in, in a QB sneak. He looked great, Tom Brady. This is what I drafted him for, unfortunately. <laughs> we used to have that, word, that award. This is, the, this is why I drafted you award. Well, I guess it, it, he, we wanted to wait let all the doubters die and then show up in week 17 and just rip your soul out be the number one quarterback of the day. <laughs> Never again. I don't care what team he's on next year. I don't care if he's on the fucking 49ers. I'm not doing it. Craig hates Tom Brady so much. He was texting us during the day yesterday <laughs> just like, fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> the dude put up 14 fantasy points a game for 16 weeks. <laughs> oh my God. It did feel like they got their mojo back, though. Like, this makes me actually believe in the Buccaneers a little bit going into oh the playoffs. God. Yo, I got to tell you, the, 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 everyone's desire to just write off the Buccaneers, I kind of think it's incredible that they genuinely, now Tom Brady is genuinely has the nobody believes in this thing for the playoffs because <laughs> how many consecutive, how many consecutive games have the Bucs looked awful and Brady just brought them back by the skin of his teeth? Like, right. That was, I mean, they did it basically in prime time and back-to-back weeks, right? Yeah. What was the, the Colts game? I can't even remember. The, yeah, the it, Colts well, yeah, game where it was like I, yeah. 17. He did it twice in a row. It's almost like they're getting, they're in mid-season form. They're in mid-playoff run form. They've already had six comeback. It feels like six comeback wins in the last seven yeah, weeks. Yeah, he, he came back. Remember, he beat the Saints, and then he did it against the Cardinals. Yeah. So, I, you know what's so funny? After this whole season, we've just been like Brady Rodgers. I don't know. If the Packers make the playoffs, and the Packers just rock the Vikings. Now it's just Brady and Rodgers yeah. in the playoffs. Who wants to play them? And no matter what the NFC playoff uh, matchups end up being, if Giants-Vikings seems mostly locked in, whether it's Cow... I mean, whether it's uh, ends up being Cowboys-Packers, that is delicious. Cowboys-Bucks is delicious because that was week one. And then whether yeah. it's Bucks, not Whatever ends up happening, these matchups are incredible in the NFC. <laughs> if if you had to like rank the, the NFC playoff teams in terms of confidence, just straight-up confidence scale, I think Eagles and Niners are my top two. Yeah. And then you could make a legitimate case that it then goes to the Packers and the Bucks after that. Not the Cowboys? I mean, what, I don't know, man. If it was just straight up Bucks, Cowboys, and your gun is to your head, what are you picking? Right. Uh, Brady. <laughs> oh, no. Brady. No, I'm serious. Brady. <laughs> yeah, Dude, man, I'm not picking, this is such I'm a good example of, of Brady. This is, to me, the perfect encapsulation of the, like the, the term and the expression, it's a long season. Like, it's a long season. We had completely written off the Packers. I believe they were four, four and eight, eight at one at yeah. one point. The Buccaneers looked like garbage. I don't think we wrote them off because they were in such a terrible division, but like, still, we were just like, they look terrible. This is like Brady. We're already talking about where Brady's going to go next year. You know what I mean? And they could like these teams could sneak in and make some real noise in the playoffs. Like the Packers' defense is playing well now. You know they got Jair Alexander out there shutting down Justin Jefferson. I don't know, man. Long season. I mean, it. it, it we vowed uh, not that long ago that we would never doubt Tom Brady again. And I'm just saying, like, I think it's incredible. You have to renew those vows a lot. T- at some point, these guys just do what they've been known for. Aaron Rodgers, I feel like his thing is starting terribly. And then just yeah. December happens. And then you're like, oh, they're in the playoffs and they look great. And I, this was the year. Yeah, but not this year. And inc- it just happened again. And Brady again. Wow, they look terrible. And it's like, okay, cool. He's just had low-key five of the Bucks wins. The final five minutes have been some of the best football in any other quarterback's career have just been like what Brady's been orchestrating. We barely care. So I don't know. The NFC playoffs, you go back four months to where we were with like the AFC being better and suddenly it's like the NFC playoffs to me are like so much more interesting where it's like the AFC is like three teams I want to watch and then just other teams and then the NFC, they're all interesting. Speaking of which, 
there are so many people to shout out, but I do want to think a big loser this week is Derek Carr. Oh yeah, my that God. was tough. <laughs> Remember like very not that long ago when we were like, oh my God, you, you have to play Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. Oh no. With Against Stidham, the best Stidham defense and, in the NFL. <laughs> first of all, how happy you must have you have been if you had the Niners defense against the guy making his first career start. And it turns out, I, I, can't, I mean, Jared Stidham, Basically, it was, it was like a Peyton Manning-Brady matchup. It was He had 365 yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> the only two quarterbacks to throw for three touchdowns against San Francisco this season are Patrick Mahomes and Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> and after the entire season, Derek Carr had not had 310 yards in a single game. Jarrett Stidham goes out at his first career start against the best defense in football, and he gets 365 yards. Best defense, by the way, which is, was pretty healthy. Drake Greenlaw got hurt during the game, but like most for the most part, they had like their guys. This was not like a fluke. I mean, it probably was a fluke, but like it, it wasn't like they were just really, really banged up or whatever. You know what I mean? Uh, I, w- I want to say they had over 500 yards in this game. They had f- exactly 500 yards of offense. This is why football is great. <laughs> this is why football is just yeah. the best. You could take the top 10 smartest NFL minds analysts in the <laughs> world and have them preview this Niners Raiders game. And not one of them could have even fathomed this happening. It's the best. <laughs> Ah. Oh, man. There are black swan events every season. There's always like, <laughs> yeah. like honestly, there's one a month where it's, I, you know, I remember saying, not to toot my own horn, but like people were asking like, well, the Eagles go undefeated. I'm like, this happens every year where the undefeated yeah. team always loses the dumbest game left on their schedule. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, and it's like, that's like the Washington being Philadelphia at the time was unfathomable. This game. So, but there's always like six things that were unfathomable every season. The Texans going with the Cowboys and Chiefs in overtime two weeks. Should that be Jared Stidham's nickname in, in Vegas? The Black Swan? Ooh. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Here's a couple notes. Number one, the Raiders did lose the game. I want to give sh- a shout come out to the 49ers. Come on, though. Come on. It was like <laughs> not his 34 fault. all with like two minutes left. Dude, but it that was OT. honestly the best outcome. Oh, yeah. No, it was the best outcome for the Raiders because they yeah, actually sure. were like, oh, my God, is Jared Stidham good? It looked good. It kind of gave everyone something to rally around so the team chemistry wasn't poison. But they lost and they're in a the better position for the draft. So kind of better. Absolutely. I mean, they're going to get a top 10 pick right now. The other thing I wanted to ask is, do you think there's a world in which Stidham is actually like a starter next year? Or is this just kind of one of those things that is no. funny and we like look back on that? Hey, remember that Stidham play- game or whatever? It says Matt Flynn vibes all over it. Totally, totally. I think that's a good, uh, that's a very good comparison, Craig. I think someone, I forget who, someone on the Raiders made the point that Jared Stidham knew the offense better than anyone because he, Josh McDaniels, and that Jared Stidham basically came over to teach other people the offense. That's like more or less why he was signed. And so that combined, I don't want to say he knew it better than Carr, but like probably. But then combined with, honestly, he took hits. And again, we talked about this. Yeah, he was tough. He was sitting there in the pocket, like staring down the gun barrel. The only reason I I bring this up, the only reason I am leaving a sliver of hope that Stidham is maybe like an actual NFL starter going down the line is the fact that the guy who's playing against, Brock Purdy, looks like he might actually be an NFL starter. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be talk before next year of the Brock Purdy versus uh, Trey Lance you know, QB competition. Trey Lance just had another <laughs> surgery on his oh ankle. Oh my God. It's going to happen. Just the wait. Niners. It's going to happen. The Niners are just... <laughs> Every fucking year, man. I have to say, <laughs> Brock Purdy is playing well enough because my dad was like, "Is this kid, he's great. Why don't we just go get it? Why can't teams just go get Brock Purdy? And I'm like, he's not actually... There's good. a lot don't of worry. quarterbacks only be good on this team. that have just seemingly come out of absolutely nowhere. 
Kyle Shanahan is almost too good of a coach for his own good because (laughs) no matter who's playing quarterback, they become great and the fan base falls in love with them. And then it's a a new player added into the competition mix. I will say part of me wonders if he's played well enough that I've been wondering if the Niners will sign Tom Brady next year. Right. Because the only question to me is whether he'll be in a completely different time zones from, you know, his his, um, son. And and yeah, there's... Other than that, want to be on the like, East Coast why or wouldn't he? Right. Yeah, but other than that, he's from the Bay Area. He's, he grew up a huge Niners fan. Like, why wouldn't you try? Like, it's objectively one of the at least best three situations for him if he wants to play next year. I, I would argue it's very easily actually number one. Oh, easily. It's just whether he wants to do it. Right. And but I'm now, if you're the Niners, it's like okay, well, it's not actually a terrible option if you have to go into next year with Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Whereas it kind of seemed like they were screwed, and they're not, which is nuts. Uh, also, you just get to check down on Christian McCaffrey. It seems like a good job. Dude, McCaffrey's insanely good. Also, wait, sorry, before we get off Brock Purdy, this is from NFL Research. He has won each of his first four NFL starts, becoming the fourth rookie quarterback ever to do that since 1950. And the last people to do that were Ben Roethlisberger, Phil Simms, and then Mike Krushek, mm. which is legendary. Like Cloyce Box, but the opposite. Uh, it's just not a good thing. No idea who that is. No. Yeah, the Purdy thing, I feel like, just gets more and more unlikely every week <laughs> but this is what we do this is what Shanahan does it, I mean Purdy, like Purdy looks good I you know it's just like I don't like I don't have any explanation for it like this guy was literally the last pick in the draft no one wanted him uh, I heard Greg Cosell talking about how a lot of teams he had heard a lot of teams had didn't even have a PFA uh, priority free agent grade on him in other words they weren't going to sign him regardless of what happened like they aren't even interested in, him in free agency that's the Shanahan thing. And I know we always talk about Shanahan like it's magic, but like there's a reason every player who's ever played for him is basically like he's the best guy at this. Because Nick Mullins? The, the way Joe Thomas, <laughs> well, the way Joe Thomas explained it, who was, you know, the Hall of Fame left tackle, and he was like, Kyle Shanahan turns your brain into a computer. Mm. Is it a zero or is it a one? If that, then do that. There's no, and so when you completely remove all doubt and hesitation, you just can just execute. Mm-hmm. He makes it very simple. And I think that like, it's actually similar to the running backs where sometimes we're like, we don't know which running backs the higher draft ones do it, do it because it's not about who's the most talented, who's the best. It's just, do you just do exactly what they want exactly the way they want it? And quarterback, it's kind of the same way where that's why Kirk Cousins succeeded with Shanahan where it's like, just do exactly what you're told. Now, when Cousins doesn't have Kyle Shanahan and he has to do some shit on his own, he doesn't do very well. But I think that's Brock Purdy just has incredible skill players around him and he's just doing exactly what Shanahan wants. And it's like, all right, cool. This is what it looks like. I really like that Purdy has a what seems like a burgeoning repertoire or, or uh, chemistry with, with Kittle. Like the Kittle-Purdy connection yeah. is pretty awesome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This is way too late in the show to just be bringing this guy up because he deserves <laughs> some flowers. Winner of the week, since this was a big negative show most of, so far. Austin Eckler, incredible. Number one running back on the week. Yeah. Number one running back in the entire season, and it turns out the best fantasy pick uh, of the, at least of the first round, was the guy who actually plays fantasy football. I think the strongest indicator of of 
that you need to focus on when drafting a player in fantasy football. And this may seem counterintuitive, but if they were really fucking good last year, just draft them again. If they scored a ton, if they scored a ton of fantasy points last year, just draft them again. Just a general rule. Austin Deckard, 20 touchdowns last year. What, 18 this year? He'll probably end up with 20. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, he will probably end up with 20. He, and he also has the fourth most catches. The only people who are catches than Eckler are Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey. Jeez. That's literally it. Not shabby. He's just been incredible. This is the. This is also the every time you look up award. I, this I, I, there's someone that has this every year. Every time yeah. you look up, Eckler's ripping off like a 50 yard touchdown. I swear to God. And I was going up against him in a championship, and it's just so depressing uh, because he absolutely destroyed me. He's also been tough on Herbert managers because, like, in in the red zone, like it is Eckler City. They do not. They run the ball a lot inside the five with Eckler. Despite their best efforts, they have failed to find anybody even remotely worth giving the football to besides Eckler. <laughs> Like, the the other running backs on this team are just so bad. It's pretty funny. Yeah, Eckler had 122 rushing yards in this game. Do you know how many carries he had? Eight. Eleven. Yeah, ten. Ten carries for 122 yards. Yeah, sounds about right. But, no. And I have to say, Eckler has a little bit of the Jalen Hurts. Like, he's actually just gotten better every season. Like, it's just, like, small improvements. Like, even if his number, he, some of his numbers are better than last year, some of his numbers are worse. He's a better player. He's incredible. I, so, I don't know. Eckler is incredible. He's invested in fantasy. Like, he does the, the fantasy podcast. Yeah. Uh, he's, like, really aware of, like, how much people de- depend on him in fantasy. I think that matters. I think that's a big deal. He knows. He knows we're all, like, counting on him. I respect that, that he's, like, kind of taking us. Like, he's finally, like, trying to merge the two. So yeah, I bet he's the ambassador like, for the NFL. Yeah. He's going to be, like, the first player to, like, like, Twitch stream the game from his helmet live <laughs> or something. Yeah. Should we... Should we make that a badge at next year's draft guide for like some guys like Miles Sanders, who it's just you can he really cares over and be about like you. hates you, yeah. hates your fantasy <laughs> players, and that it's like Austin Eckler loves you. The care, the cares metric. Team. I actually really like this because you could we could go and like find all the tweets of like them just telling people to shut the fuck up in their mentions and stuff. I wonder if Eckler is a Eckler. fan of PPR. Oh, a hundred percent. Obviously, there's a hundred catches this year. I, I I will go ahead and guarantee you that Austin Eckler does not play in a standard like no. But do you think that he thinks the PPR funny. format is like too too you know advantageous for? I actually I'll say this: if we get to talk to Austin Eckler in 2023 and he admits PPR is dumb, will you guys concede? If Austin <laughs> fucking Eckler is like, yeah, this is dumb. No. I think it's dumb. I just like half. I think half is. Dumb. How about this? I just like PPR, and that's my opinion, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with that. I enjoy it. Okay. It's okay. Half PPR is fine. I enjoy plenty half of PPR, dumb, half that's PPR fine. is fine. Standard is stupid. That's that's my opinion. You'll never get me to enjoy standard. Half PPR is fine. I'm. It's perfectly acceptable. You can enjoy dumb things, DK. It's all right. We play fantasy I mean, football, so I mean, obviously, dude, there's a lot of fucking things. terrible TV out there that people enjoy. I just Ignorance can't believe DK was bad. The Seahawks literally were like going to be out of the playoffs if they lost that game. They're up twenty. This to is six a fantasy like, What's going on? podcast. Heifetz. Our I text care about messages fans. aren't. You were mad. Well, I was mad because DK Metcalf was getting skunked. I think that's fair. I think that's fair, too. Yeah. I wasn't mad the Seahawks were losing. I thought Geno Smith played well. DK Metcalf just got absolutely dominated by Look, Sauce money's Carter. on the line. I think it's all right. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of the Jets, uh, I think it, what it, it... I mean, it's a little contrarian to be like, this is probably a good thing for the Jets. You could argue that, but like, I mean, they basically end the season a five-game losing streak. They literally are eliminated by Geno Smith, 
who's the only good yeah. quarterback that they've drafted in it's the tough. last, you know, 12 years. Revenge is a, a dish best served cold. It'd be even funnier now that Gino's a free agent next year if the Jets fucking signed him. Oh well, God. the funniest thing is that they, I, and Sam Darnold's out there, and it's like, <laughs> oh, oh, no, oh, oh, well, <laughs> how incredible is that? So uh, I just think overall the Jets, I mean. This makes me hopeful for Zach Wilson's next team. Uh, well, Let's not get out of hand here. Was the, was the last <laughs> play of the game. DK, tell me if I'm wrong. I think the last play of the Jets Seahawks game was literally like they were the Jets were trying to run some bizarre circus Hail Mary thing. And Mike White just got creamed. And he's like like Nick Foles, like on the right. ground, just absolutely in pain. And some Seahawks defensive tackle picks up the ball and he's like 300 pounds and he is just like barreling to the end zone. <laughs> and it was just this wide pan shot of Mike White writhing as this guy runs. And I'm like, yeah, I think this team officially is going to need a quarterback <laughs> in the offseason. It was like if there's any doubt. There has been some incredible shots um, from games this year. Remind me, um, there was one early in the season where a guy was literally like diving into the end zone, like doing a front flip into the end zone. And in the foreground, yeah, in the foreground of the shot, it was like Andy Dalton being so sad. It was just like the most incredible shot. And then there was one uh, from this week where Kirk Cousins got thrown out of the club on the pick six, like right in front of the guy who scored. Do you, do you guys remember this? He just uh, absolutely yeah. got shoved into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he was getting stuffed into a locker. Uh, there's been some incredible, just like, just the imagery of that is great. So yeah, RIP to the Jets. I I actually think they should keep Robert Sala as the head coach. I'm curious what you think, DK. I think they should absolutely keep solid Joe Douglas and just give them another shot. I agree. I'm pretty agnostic about it. Like I don't I don't have a strong opinion either way. I don't think he's done like an amazing job. Um, it it. Definitely helps that their defense was the strength of the team in terms of Salah's job security because that's like his thing. Um, but I don't know. It's yeah, it's been tough. They, any any quarterback or sorry, any coach is going to struggle when they have the quarterback situation that they have. Like they've been rotating Joe Flacco. You know, Zach Wilson's been absolutely atrocious. Mike White came back, and I, you know, obviously. He was good early on. His, I think his rib injury probably still affecting him, but he was terrible in this game. It's like, it's just very hard to win in the NFL when you have shitty quarterback play. So, yeah, I'm pretty agnostic about uh, Sala in terms of next year. He punted on fourth and two, down 14 in the fourth quarter, which people are mad about. I think it would be yeah, a mistake. That's Sala. Bad. I think he's done a really good job. All right. Uh, speaking of coaches, though, dude, can we do the I have the worst fucking attorneys award? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. For the, 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 the Ron Rivera. Benching Wentz and then the whole press conference thing? DK. So this was tough. I go back and forth on how big of a deal it is. At the end of the day, so here's the here's the context. Ron Rivera did not realize that the commanders could be mathematically eliminated from playoff contention on Sunday. Can we play the clip? It's yeah. Worth Basically, he's asked if there was going to be any consideration for playing Sam Howell next week if they get eliminated. And he was like, wait, we can get eliminated? To clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, then you guys are eliminated. I think the last seven days are grounds. How Rivera has coached this team the last seven days, everything he's done, his decision-making is grounds for firing him. I think that's fair. Like, the the whole body of the work. I don't think him not know. Like, ultimately, look, he. I think, personally... He thought that Carson Wentz gave them the best chance to win. So that's why he started Carson Wentz. He wasn't like, oh, we, we can like punt this week, whatever. That's not how he was operating. He thought Wentz 
would give them the best chance to win. I disagree with that choice, Craig. That's a fireable dis- offense. I think you disagree with that choice. The fact that he didn't know they could be eliminated is like that's something a head coach should know, I, I think. But it's not fireable. <laughs> but like everything think- together, maybe. Yeah, also, it, I misspoke. I, I said he benched Wentz. What he did was he benched Taylor Heineke and he started Carson Wentz. And on one hand, obviously, Taylor Heineke kind of became like a rallying point for the team's comeback. And Gave them ways. some energy. He beat the undefeated he Eagles. He embodies the grit of your team, not to mention that yeah. straight up statistically, he's just been better than Carson Wentz. He has also, a two-to-one interception ratio, unlike Carson Wentz, who has thrown nine in, in six games. I don't understand. This makes no sense. Yeah, there is no, there is no the quarterback in the NFL, I think, more associated with absolutely just crumbling in the face of pressure. <laughs> like, absolutely just sucking when things are, like, the most important. I uh, I, I think, to be fair, Taylor Honeke had been, like, extreme. The offense had been really bad within the last few and weeks. And they were 0-2-1 in the it's been three, abysmal. previous exactly. games. Yeah, okay, so. but they were 5-3-1 with Heineke. That's you know thing. what they were with so, Wentz? 1-5. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Watching Wentz, I, that's the only thing I'll say about it, is Heineke had been struggling. But when your other options, Wentz, one, we were joking about it, but it's true, where it's like, he's not an inspiring choice for fans or alike. But I have to say, the first throw of the game, but the reporting, the reporters of the game, the first throw of the game, Carson Wentz threw was high, and <laughs> fans started booing him after the first <laughs> throw of the game. Never His time. second throw of the game was uh, a pick. And then fans started chanting for Taylor Heineke. Two throws into the game. I'm just going to say this because I feel like people get mad when fantasy folks are like bitching about one thing or the other when, when teams are making decisions based on like how it's going to affect our lives and fantasy. I think there's something there when, when we knew that Wentz was going to be the starter, we immediately start worrying heavily about their best receiver in Terry McLaurin their second best receiver in Jahan Dotson, and then talking up Curtis Samuel, whose A dot is like zero. You know what I mean? Like, there's something there. This wasn't a sound decision. Like, Taylor Heineke gives his team more of a chance to win because he gives the ball to his best players. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's, like, there's not, it's not black and white. Like, fantasy people, I think, can have a good beat on, like, in terms of, like, what's best for the team sometimes. DK, you've been saying this all year. Know who your best players are. That should yes. be the role of a coach. Know Give who your best the players are. Know who to, to your play. best players. Yes. That's Taylor Heineke. I really, it's so funny, not to like dwell on this, but Ron Rivera not knowing the elimination thing, I will just, again, it's bad. It's a bad for look. a moment. On one hand, it doesn't totally matter, right? Because they need a win instead of lose. It doesn't totally matter. It's like, you know, it, there is some truth to like the being 1-0 every week and just focusing, having said that. It is like the entirety of your job, isn't it? It's kind of incredible. That it, I, I think it's more, honestly, more interesting to me. How can you actually build like a staff and an organization where no one puts that on your desk? Right. Like, that's my real question right. is it's not actually, in my opinion, Ron Rivera's job. He doesn't have to be like sorting through like the New York Times playoff machine. But it's like, <laughs> did he go right. the whole like, you know, that someone has how did, is no one handing it to him? Or like, did he not read it? Did he not remember? Because it's kind of incredible. And I, again, it's very easy to say this. You know, how Brian Dable handled that shit this week. Brian Dable's his first speech to the team. They literally go there. Um, well, I don't know if they had a day off, but Monday or Tuesday, whatever the first practice was for the Colts. It's like five days. Giants. Ago. He says, "Yes, the Giants when they were playing the Colts." Mm. The first thing Brian Dable says to open the meeting is like, "All right, let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. You guys know what happens if they win? If we win this week, and everyone's like, no, it's like, okay, yeah. So everyone knows we beat the Colts this week. We're in the playoffs. Everyone got that." And everyone, he's like, affirmatively, like everyone has to say yes. It's like, all right, cool. Let's, now that that's out, let's just focus on the game plan. 
And he just went and just said it and moved on. And it's like incredible the juxtaposition of like the coach for Washington didn't know. But maybe Dan Slater wants to sell the team. So I don't think he has the bandwidth to be firing Ron Rivera right now. I guess I, like if you're defending Rivera, I kind of get it. Like it doesn't like he's not coaching on under the idea of like, oh, if we lose, like he's coaching to win. It doesn't really matter. Like the alternatives yeah, don't really that. matter if you lose because it's he's just coaching a, to it's win. It's a really bad look. The fact that it, it happens 100%. in the post game presser is a really bad look. To, to hear your head coach go, wait, what? To, to find out something from a reporter that, is yes. a bad look. Seriously. Yeah, that's bad. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Um, but you know what? Maybe that's why he's the right coach of the Washington Commanders. They're, they're, they're a team <laughs> of bad looks, if you will. Uh-huh. The Washington Browns game, stunningly, no good looks in the Washington Cleveland Brown games. Okay most important one of the whole episode, which mm. is that Russell Wilson finally has more touchdowns than he has bathrooms in his house. <laughs> what is it? 12? Is it? God, yeah. it happened. 11 or 12? Our long national nightmare is finally over. Or it's more like daydream. I don't know. It's kind of funny. But yeah, so Russell Wilson now officially has 13 passing touchdowns. He had 12 bathrooms in his house. Uh, and the Broncos season, if we had to rank fan bases who are most upset after this year, Broncos number one? Yeah, because of the pick situation. It's yeah. not even and after the season. I actually, but it's not Broncos fans after the season. I think Broncos fans have been the most upset literally since week two. Do you guys, the most stunning part of the whole Russell Wilson thing, all the numbers, all the, the Tim Tebow Broncos being a better offense, like all the, the, the draft pick being, you know, that they're sending Seattle being however high. Of all the things, the most incredible thing of the whole Russell Wilson saga was he was getting booed at home in week two, and they his own fans were <laughs> counting down the snap, the play clock to the home team <laughs> in September. That was some really which good, which I've never seen. That's foreshadowing, if you will. So, I, so you're right, Craig. I think the Broncos fans are, but it's not like uh, am I? Am I, I? I can't actually remember a home team counting down for its own in any, uh, high school basketball. I've never seen that. <laughs> never mind, like passive you know aggressive. I mean? It was like sarcasm. Yeah, it's. <sighs> There is Definitely. no greater chasm between expectation and reality for what mm-hmm. happened to the Denver Broncos this year. I think maybe in NFL history. I uh, actually, you know what? Now that you say that, Craig, I'm going to send you guys, let me send you a little picture. I, it doesn't matter. I'll just describe it to you. But basically, someone made a cool chart that's like, it's just the expected points added for every unit on every team. So it's like, it's just a line over the course of the season. It's cumulative. So it's offense, it's defense, and special teams. And it's just a chart so you can see where it goes. So like, you know, the Vikings are... Uh, very average. It's funny. It's the, all three lines are just the x-axis. And then like the Cowboys offense, it's like very small and you could tell it's when Dak was out. Dak, Dak came back and it just shoots up. The Broncos chart is a scissors. It is literally the <laughs> defense is just going completely 45 degree angle up and the offense for the Broncos is going a 45 degree angle down. It looks like a gator chomp. It is the most funniest thing on the whole chart. It, you can just see it. No other team in the league looks like it. And it's 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 so nice when a stat like that captures what you're seeing with your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Do you think do you think he's ever gonna say Broncos country, let's ride ever again? Uh winning sure fixes a lot. If they started six and zero next year, I will say Russ is almost like almost like underrated for fantasy next year because like you if you could get him in like the last round, I, I don't even know if he'll go drafted. No. If he starts running. He had a, he actually was pretty good this today in, or in Sunday That's in, the in thing. fantasy. So yeah. He he ran for a touchdown. Did he run for two touchdowns or just one? I can't remember. He ran for at least one touchdown, which is whoa, that's weird. Yeah, I think he's gonna he's gonna make he's I already saw this. He's number one in the odds next year for comeback player of the year. I but I, Craig, I, I don't understand. What are you coming back from? You're 250 million. Get the, I, I'm trying to curse less. I'm not going to say. Right. Get out of here. What is your adversity? I agree. That you like forced a trade and made a quarter of a billion dollars. Like get. You're so insufferable. You know your team should, got rid of you. Yeah. 
in all seriousness, <laughs> they need, need to change the rules for comeback player of the year and give it to Brian Robinson. Because, like, he's not eligible because he's a rookie, but, like, he got shot in August and he actually was a good running back. Yeah. Like, a month later. Like, he should just get it. I don't, I don't know. It's going to be Wilson. It's going to be funny. Oh, my God. Who's it this year? Gino? But that's the thing. It's like, what it's is comeback be. from? I mean, yeah. yeah what does like, comeback mean, though? He's like yeah. the out of nowhere guy. But the NBA has the most improved player, right? The NFL really needs that. Hi, but you essentially are saying it should just be which player came back from a devastating injury and succeeded. I think that's usually thought, how it that's works. I've always thought of it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's like grotesque, but maybe that's not. But I've, I've always thought more like, hey, Alex Smith, you're back. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of always how I thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, look, Gino, I love Gino. Gino wins. That's fine. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud, or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. So yeah, and then the playoff race. So we basically just have the last spot in each conference, and then there's like some division title jockeying. Well, yeah. So in the up. NFC, it's basically everybody has clinched except for the seven seed. That's going to come down to the Packers, Seahawks, and Lions. Packers win next week uh, over the Lions, and they're in. That's like the gate, the the playoff clinching game. If they lose. The Seahawks can get in if they win. So, sorry, Seahawks have to win and have the Packers lose. And then the Lions can get in if they beat the Packers and the Seahawks lose. So, kind of complicated, but it's coming down to the Packers, Seahawks, and Lions. In the AFC, uh, the four seed is going to go to whoever wins the Jags versus Titans game. There's a chance that the Jags can still get in at the wild card, even if they lose, but it's like they have to have everybody else lose. Uh, but the seven seed is coming down to the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers. The Patriots need to beat the Bills, and they're in. That's a tall order because the Bills, I think, are going to be trying to get the number one seed. The Dolphins need to beat the Jets in order to get in and have the Pats lose to the Bills, which, again, it's realistic, but the Dolphins are going to be playing with Skylar Thompson. Go check out his merch at his website. That's going to be tough. Like, he has not been good. And so, this and is so that leaves excited. Craig's team... Yeah, Steelers maybe like the favorite to get in. Not really, but like, but like the, kind of. I mean, yeah. If the, the Steelers Pats lose to the Bills, if the Dolphins lose to the to the Jets with Skylar Thompson, and the Steelers yeah. beat the Browns, they're in. Right, Craig. What did you think of Kenny Pickett? Who had, I mean, the two best moments of his career as a pro were. I mean, I, I was there on Christmas Eve. He drives down, beats the Raiders, and then the dealer friend seals it with a pick. And then the same thing happens on Sunday football against the Ravens, the biggest rivalry in the NFL. Kenny Pickett just steps up and has. He's, I mean, they, they couldn't do anything for 50 minutes. And then he comes down and he just does the thing. Like, were you freaking out? How did you feel about Kenny Pickett now? I thought Collinsworth actually nailed it by saying that was a Mahomes-esque throw. It was. I mean, that was one of the best throws Rolling of the year. To his like left. Stumbling to his left. Yeah. Threads that right to Najee uh, in, you know, circumstances that couldn't have been more um, intense. I don't know. You know, 
I think he's doing a good job as a game manager. I think he has flash plays and he's, he's been really good at the end of games. I think that is what you have to take away from all this. His numbers are not going to blow you away and he, they're not asking him to do a whole lot. What's really exciting about him is that when the game comes down to the wire, he's like, he doesn't really look like a rookie. He actually composes himself really well and seems, and, and it also seems like his teammates really like him. Najee's talking him up. The defense talks him up. He actually seems just like a really likable guy who I think is kind of outperforming his physical skills right now, which is like a really fantastic sign for what we all thought about him coming in. I don't know if it's like he's the guy of the future, but like he's certainly warranted a full he's year of first starting next pick. year. Yeah. I think, yeah, the the metric by which I think you could measure him right now, he feels like a guy you can win with. You know what I mean? He's not necessarily going to be a superstar in the league. I mean, it's still certainly with like in his range of outcomes, but I've been pretty impressed with him throughout the season. I don't think his numbers are all that great, but just the, like you said, like sort of the poise that he's shown is pretty impressive for a rookie, especially considering like the offensive line hasn't been good. The run game hasn't really been that good. Well, it has of late. I mean, one thing you have to give it up to is Tomlin and this team in general has really surged in the last, I mean, they're mm. six and two over the last eight games. The defense has been spectacular ever since TJ Watt came back and they're running the ball well. We have a section here where we want to talk about players who are kind of under the radar, been really good for the last half of the season. Najee Harris, for how much shit we gave him, <laughs> since week 11, he's been the eighth best running back in fantasy. He's averaging 15 points a game. Yeah. And from where he started with the foot injury, he looked like he was running in mud. We were wondering if Jalen Warren was maybe just as good as him. The Steelers were losing. This offensive line has been a lot better. The defense has been great. So Pickett has been put in opportunities to succeed with the, I mean, they're scoring, they're winning, putting up 16, 17, 18 points a game. But he's not losing the games. That's what's important. Is a lot of these other quarterbacks will come in and throw that like crushing interception that Carson Wentz pick in the fourth. Pickett's not doing that. And again, the arc of the Steelers season is more so than, I guess, the Cowboys with Trevon Diggs and Michael Parsons. But the TJ Watt and Fitzpatrick combo are the two best playmakers on defense in the league when they're healthy. And like the arc of the Steelers season is they had the crazy win against the Bengals week one and they had Trubisky and Trubisky was horrible. They play Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett's first career starts are against, I mean, these defenses like the Jets, the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, the Eagles out of the buy into the Saints. And like they go through that stretch and they, you know, they started freaking two and six this team. And then after the bye, again, Kenny Pickett starts his career thrown into the fire, wasn't getting all the first team reps and just thrown half the top 10 defense in the NFL was awful. Since the bye, what are they? Two, they're six and two since the bye week. Tomlin, again. Tomlin's, Tomlin's every so year, good. Yeah. He's the best. Eight and eight right now. And if they win, still no losing seasons for Mike Tomlin, even through a rookie court. That would be incredible. Um, Craig, you mentioned, though, that a bunch of players this season that randomly were really good. I do want to just shout out someone we haven't hit up um, in this episode so far. Dude, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Dude, he came out of nowhere. He scored again. Jarek McKinnon has eight touchdowns since December. This is who we <laughs> wanted CEH to be. This, yes. <laughs> this is why people were drafting so CEH wanted him so to high. Be. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon, so last four games, so it's basically since he, uh, you know, Clyde went down basically, or kind of, the timing's not exactly, but his right. last four right. weeks, he had 29 fantasy points, was the number one guy on the week. 30 fantasy points was number one of the week. He had 11, and then he had 20 this week in championship. He is... It's all in the receiving game, too. Yeah. He's like the waiver wire winner of the year. Yes, he is. Absolutely. And honestly, all the old running backs kind of did well too this week. Honestly, it was a little weird. Like age before beauty, oddly kind of won the championship round. DeAndre Swift had a good game. I assume no one DeAndre Swift made it. But like Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey top two. They're not young for running backs. Raheem Mostert, 30 years old, more than 20 points. Jamal Williams, almost 28. Jarek McKinnon is 30. 
Cordero Patterson, 31. This is crazy. This is an average. This is these are like be the a, oldest guys left. This is gonna be a huge aberration in terms of what we normally see. But yeah, it's absolutely like I feel this is it's crunch time. This is where teams really rely on the guys that have experience. Maybe that's playing into this, but yeah, it, it, it's, I think this is I a can't historical wait. aberration. I can't wait to talk myself out of every single one of these guys because they're seven <laughs> months older next right. in, in July. No, we have memento tattoos to not talk about age. <laughs> um, speaking of age, though, DK, you get the next award here. Speaking of late season league winners, this is the quietest league winner of the year. Devontae Smith, all of a sudden, over the last five weeks, has absolutely exploded. He's the wide receiver three in that stretch. Guess who's the wide receiver one? Justin Jefferson. Sorry for everyone. Had Justin Jefferson this week. Um, but yeah, Devontae Smith has come out of nowhere. He's averaged 21.6 points per game in that stretch. He did that with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, too. He's just been amazing. He's been amazing. Uh, A.J. Brown's been really good, too. Yeah, very under-discussed, Devontae Smith. The entire year has just been like a very consistent number two guy on this team yeah. that's actually been putting up numbers closer to a wide receiver one. I haven't heard hardly anyone talking about Devontae Smith in the last like month. In, in the last five weeks, well, he's literally the wide receiver three. I think it's not an accident that this has coincided with the Eagles getting injured Starting in actually more competitive games. Yeah. yeah, the Eagles before were just winning by so much so fast that they kind of weren't throwing. And they have a quarterback half. I mean, Jalen Hurts is getting benched. Well, yeah, and they have a quarterback now who's not running for 100 yards a game. So it's like there's a little bit right. more ground exactly. to make up. And so Minshew, again, Hurts, it helps when Jalen Hurts doesn't have to get benched in the fourth quarter because they're up by 30 points, which kind of was an issue as well. But no, it's so. It's, does this mean we're Devontae out? Smith's we're incredible. out on Devonte Smith next year? It's an aberration. It's a fluke. No, he's incredible. <laughs> I'm still mad he's not a giant. He does look amazing. I, like it's more than just the numbers. He looks incredible. He always makes these just like impossible looking catches. It's getting I don't know, he's pretty around. skinny. He is skinny. You know what I? Th- you know what I think about a lot is that the Giants basically got bamboozled and got like sandwiched, where the Eagles got Devonte Smith, the Cowboys got Michael Parsons, and the Giants traded back to get Kadarius Tony. This is why you hate Canaris Tony so much. At least they picked up another catch. <laughs> Tony, Tony had a touchdown Fine. this week. No, he didn't. Did he? Oh, maybe not. I think he just had like seven. His last week. His last week. Yeah. yeah. Did he play? Yeah, he, oh, he played. Tony. He had seventy yards this week. He led. He led the Did Chiefs he? in receiving yards. Two games in a row is that legal? Putting up more points than Justin Jefferson. I mean, in Heifetz's defense, uh, well, he's probably you know going to get hurt in this next game. Yes. It's because Justin Jefferson also faked a hamstring injury in his celebration, and that's what happens. That's the death knell for anyone who does that. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Holy shit. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> this is very important. Fantasy car. The final burn book of the year. Mm. There's an obvious pick you could just say, like, should we base this off of just who murdered you in the championship? Because you could say it's Justin Jefferson or Trevor Lawrence. Or are we kind of basing this off of maybe the fantasy playoffs? Because if that's the case, there is a running back who I think qualifies perhaps more than any other running back. Do you guys have the same person, or do you have somebody in mind? Who do you have? Miles Sanders. Wow. Miles Sanders, in weeks 15, 16, and 17 this year, has scored one, five, and six. (laughs) That's that's the right answer. (laughs) This guy was a top 10 guy all year. Like, legitimately. Miles Sanders was the the running back eight heading into the fantasy playoffs. The eighth best running back in the league. And then puts up 12 points combined in your fantasy playoffs. This is revenge. He he's doing it because he hates you personally. Well, no. Did we ever figure out the splits on Miles Sanders's dome and non-dome games? If you know what I'm saying. Oh, you're no. talking about? Oh. <laughs> Said DMs that leaked yes. on TikTok. At first, I was like, "Wait, Dallas plays in a dome," and then I was like, "Oh, I know what he's doing." Oh, I don't know this story. Just saying enlighten the people that don't know what you're oh. talking about. I don't think um, I know this story. Wow. We talked about I think this, this on the pod. No, I think DK might have been sick. I think DK was sick. Was there something oh. to do with condoms happening? Mm, well, no. Is that what you think of dome? That's what Canadians call condoms. 
domes. Oh. I live close enough to Canada to know this. Us youngins refer to blowjobs as dome. Sometimes. Oh, getting dome? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> getting brains, if you will. <laughs> that's, I don't think that's right. That's definitely That's, that's uh, old. Uh, a uh, social media Jesse says, ding. influencer <laughs> released some uh, DMs with Miles Sanders. Ah, um, okay. Discussing certain acts before Activities. games. And so we were trying ah. to look up mm. the splits of, you know, his performances with and without, <laughs> that, that's you cool. know, the Dome games. Okay, I think this is ringing a bell. Maybe we did talk about this, but uh, yeah. Miles Sanders, oh, do we agree? Is he in the book? I mean, 12 points in three weeks. No, that's a really good one. All right. That's the last one of the year. All right. I think Feels it was good. a tough so, year for the burn book. A lot of these guys kind of like... Kind long of broke back season, out. Craig. Yeah. Long season. <laughs> it's hard to burn people. <laughs> Cal Fitz was fine, though. He stayed Cam Akers is like a top five running back. Yeah, like, what, what are we doing? Fuck? <laughs> Do you guys want to know the top running back since December? Because it's like Christian McCaffrey, Jarek McKinnon, uh, Eckler, and then like Cam Akers. Oh, Wait, God. I, I want to run through the, the, all, all of our burn guys and, and note all the players who yes. we kind of like screwed up on. Cam Akers, Please. I guess is fully back. Number one. In our defense, he literally wanted to retire while the Rams were the worst offense. I don't feel the need to apologize for Cam Akers. He like leads the league in rushing the last three weeks. <laughs> week two, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney, that paid off. Week three, Baker. Yeah. It's in the same it's in the Cam Akers category. It's like Yeah. Week four, Kyle Baker Pitts. won a Heisman trophy and then said that him like beating the Raiders on two days' notice was the most rewarding and surprising thing of his career. <laughs> so Week four, Kyle Pitts. That one held true. Yeah. Week five, Allen Robinson. We started great. Our first it's five all other Rams. than Cam Akers is really it's just good. Rams, Rams, Rams. Okay. Then we kind of start to falter. Week six, DJ Moore and Elijah Moore. DJ Moore's kind of back. Mm-hmm. I think that was right. No, as soon as Darnold came back is when he fixed it. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about that. Week seven, AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon's been pretty solid last Dylan month. Dillon, he's the walking cliche. He is, I'm just going to call him the cliche from now on. The longer the season gets, the colder it gets the more power he yes. gets. He's harder to tackle when it's cold. He's baby Derrick Henry. Yes. Justin Herbert, he's been better once his receivers came back. Who would have yep. thought? Week 10, we gave it to Russell Wilson, who, I mean, still qualifies very much so. But, you know, he's been all right. Kareem Hunt, great burn. He's been nothing. Alvin Kamara has been pretty up and down. I still think he's perfectly fine. George Kittle, kind of fully back. We just didn't see the Brock Purdy thing coming. Yeah. George Kittle's been like the best tight end in fantasy since we burned him. Week 14. <laughs> Take him out. It, it, it's like the Giants photo on the boat. It's like, but the yes. opposite. Uh, week 14, Mike Evans. Yeah. You know what? I think him putting up 47 points this week is actually qualifies him more for the burn book. Him being in the burn book makes me feel better about him being on my bench getting 48 points. Yes. It's insulting that he did it at the end. Yes. Week 15, we give it to Mark Andrews, who like randomly had 100 yards yesterday. <laughs> But other than that, he's been terrible. And then week 16, we gave it to the weather, which I stand by. Kind of a cop out, but that's fine. Now, uh, Miles Sanders. Yeah. There's your burn book for 2022. I guess now 2022, 2023, whatever. I like how it's been, we've we've been doing the burn book now for, I don't know, two or three years. And we still don't really know how to define what what the burn book is. I just like the vibes of it. It's people who've wronged us. Yeah. It's just people that we don't want to have to think about again. Get them out of our lives. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an anti yearbook. It's like a bizarro yearbook. You don't want to see anybody <laughs> yeah. in there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You look back with regret. All right. So rest of this week, we're going to do the fantasy rewatchables next week when the whole season concludes. So this week we are coming the NFL draft show on Thursday, right, Craig? Yeah. And then we're going to have fantasy rewatchables for you next week, and then we're in playoffs. So more NFL draft show. If you haven't checked that out, please check it out. Yep. Uh, it's really fun. 
it's a really good time. Please check out the NFL Draft Show. It is the best draft. Which is on our feed. Let's make that clear. It's on the Ringer Fantasy Football Show feed. If you hit follow or subscribe or whatever right now with this feed, then you're going to keep getting us in the draft show. It's really fun. So it's us. It's Solak. We have a great time. So that's all we got for today. We hope you won. If you did win, uh, email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com. If you did have winnings, a lot of people email us and like some people want to thank us, whatever. I, I do recommend, we can post this on Twitter, but there's actually a list of all the player charities and their mm. preferred uh, charities. If you have Austin Eckler, if you know, if you have any of the players that you want to particularly thank any portion of your winnings you can split um you can i'll post the twitter the link on twitter and just like a hundred players and all the charities that they prefer and if you have like justin jefferson or mike evans you could actually invoice them if you want you <laughs> sure they really love that. their money yeah yeah didn't justin jefferson so cool. he's off social media good thing he is too many venom requests also wait if anybody has that lineup that i read out to start the show please be amazing text us to be clear, Craig, Craig in our Dynasty League had almost that exact lineup. He had, he had, there's 10 guys in our starting lineup. This is a super flex. One player, he, Craig, mind, Craig is in the championship. He was yes. the second best team all season. Craig's I was the, the favorite heading into this week. I scored the most last week with this yeah. team. That's the thing, yeah. He has 10 He's starters. One player over double digits. One player. Really it's good like, stuff. if you tried to do that, it's actually hard. To I know, it's like mathematically like try, it's difficult. This is like winning the lottery. But Essentially backwards. what I read where it was like, the last three weeks, that lineup <laughs> averaged 150, and this week they scored 37. That like all, literally all pretty much happened to me. Unbelievable. You can invoice people. All right, but in all seriousness, thank you to everyone for listening us through the season. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I hope that you guys have enjoyed the season. I hope that you guys won. If you didn't, I hope you had a good time. Uh, really appreciate it. Email us at ringerfantasyfootballgmail.com if you want to. You know, let us know you won. Yell at us if you lost. Commiserate. Whatever. Thank you. We, uh, we appreciate it. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you to Jesse for production help. Thank you, Lord. Lord. I'm going to shout to Mariah Carey. Thank you, Mariah. Oh, fantasy. The queen wow. of Christmas. We want that fantasy song. We're still waiting. Get in touch with our people. I checked. I, I was really excited this year. I woke up on Christmas morning thinking maybe. She'd give I us the right email. To the song fantasy. But no. Another year, another year without fantasy. Barbara Walters passed, and I saw some clip going around of Barbara Walters interviewing Mariah Carey. Oh, I saw that. Beef. That was really funny. It was funny. Yeah. I don't know who the, do you know who she had beef with? I actually don't know. It's, it's actually, it's me who she has beef with. Oh, it was Nicki Minaj. Oh. I feel like they're not in the same kind of category relevance wise. No. I'm just you know. in different eras a bit, you know? Mariah Carey was like a 90s star. And Nicki Minaj was like killing it in 2010. Well, Mariah Carey just does... I mean, have you seen the memes of her when her Christmas songs start going up the charts after Thanksgiving every day? Like every Black Friday, just like you could just start to see her numbers climb. For the last, I think, four years in a row, all I want for Christmas has been number one in the charts at, at one point in the year, for four straight years. Yeah, it'll probably just be that way forever. I, Craig, I've been thinking so much about what you said about why is there no just great, like, electronic Christmas album. We had people. I've been yeah. thinking about that people so much. sent us stuff for that. I listened to some of them though. They don't. They don't really connect. They don't hit that hard. I, somebody can do it. For, you know, I wish Avicii was still around. Rest in peace, because he would have nailed it. You're so right. Where even if it wasn't good, I don't know why Calvin Harris or someone hasn't just tried. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't it's know. Like odd. We got one year. Figure it out. Mystery. All right, goodbye, everyone.